We are in 1 John. We're going to be looking at uh, verses 13 to 16 here. And this is um, a very interesting passage of Scripture that we'll be looking at. And so let me ask you a question as we begin here and start off today. And uh, an interesting question, and it sounds dumb, but it's a serious one. Do you believe in the wind? Do you believe in the wind? You do? Can you see the wind? How do you know it's windy here in Colorado? (laughs) Your hair turns into a mess. Those who have hair, right? (laughs) Some people don't have to worry about that. Um, What else? What else is some evidences of wind here in Colorado? Your beautiful car gets dirty. Branches, trees gone. Look at this. Anybody run into these things? Tumbleweeds. What are these things? You know, we're crying out loud. You know, what are they? They originate in Colorado. They're called the Russian thistles. Did you know that? Um, these these tumbleweeds. They're they're uh, they're weeds that seed. That's what they're called. Uh, weeds that seed. Uh, interesting. I was doing some study on tumbleweeds. Because I, you know, being New York City, tumbleweeds, you know what I mean? Florida, you didn't see tumble, tumbleweeds, you know, something you see out here. Uh, some people send pictures of tumbleweeds and they let you know when you're driving, you're going to get some of these go across. You guys don't know this. We went to Thanksgiving all the way to Black Forest. I mean, that's a trip, right? And we had to fight the tumbleweeds to get there. I mean, a lot of tumbleweeds. You don't mess with these things. And uh, you, don't, you don't think they're serious? Listen to this. Tumbleweeds are fire hazards. Tumbleweeds, you have allergic reactions to them. They, 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 they stir that up. Um, tumbleweeds disrupt ecosystems. Whatever it is. <laughs> tumbleweeds harm crops. Listen to this. 1989. The town of Mobridge, Utah, had to call the equipment operators to remove tumbleweeds that buried homes. These things are a nuisance. 2018, overgrown areas of tumbleweeds overcame the town of Victorville, California. That's a great little one, huh? How about this? New Year's Eve, 2019, an incident doubled Tumblegeddon. <laughs> Washington state troopers had to spend 10 hours unearthing cars. And a semi from behind tumbleweed mountains that swamped the road. Ah, we don't have to worry about that. We don't live in those towns, right? October 23rd, 2022. How long ago was that? A month ago. Tumbleweeds got a house here in the south of Colorado Springs. Swallowed up the house. That was the t- Swallowed up a house in, in southern Colorado Springs. They're all over the place. How do you know? What, 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 what are these tumbleweeds? They, they have no reason here. You know, what, why do they even exist? I don't know what's going on here with all these things. But they, 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 they're a nuisance. But we see them. Why do we see them? Thank you, what? Wind. Wind. Right? So here's the question. How do we know you're a believer? How do you know there's a Holy Spirit? can't see the Holy Spirit, but you definitely can see the, the 
evidences of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Amen. The tumbleweeds in our lives, we can see. And so as we look at this passage of Scripture, I want to show you this. Look at that house there. Isn't that beautiful? Southern Colorado Springs. Isn't that a nice one? Just last month. Look at the tumbleweeds. They love tumbleweeds. And, um, but watch this here. By this we know. Verse 13. Look at this. By this we know. He starts it off. By this we what? No, not hope. We know. We know something. He loves to use that phrase. In, in the book of John, as we studied out the book of John, we see this over and over again. We saw it in 1 John chapter 2, verse 3. It says this, By this we know that we have come to know Him, if we keep His what? Commandments. In, in verse 5, he mentions this, Whoever keeps His word, in Him the love of God has truly been perfected. By this we know that we are in Him. What an amazing phrase, huh? Watch this. He says it again in verse 6 of chapter 4. We are from God. He who knows God listens to us. He who is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. And in verse 13, he says this right here. We read the verse. By this we know. And then in chapter 5, we're going to see in about two months or three months when we get there. By this we know. That we love the children of God when we love God and observe His commandments. It's a wonderful thing for a believer to say, I know something. Without being arrogant. What do we know? Well, look at verse 13. What does it say? By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us. What an interesting little phrase there. You'll see it three times in this passage in verses 13 to 16. Three times he uses this, this little phrase, we abide in him and he in us. Well, here's what's interesting. We, we understand that he in us part, right? That, that God abides in us. What does that mean? That we have the power to, to serve the Lord. We have the power to do the will of God. Why? Because God is in us. But look what the phrase is saying. We abide where? In Him. That's an interesting phrase. So here's what it means. Here's what one person said. This is amazing. He says, The two clauses mark two aspects of the Christian life. The believer has a new and invincible power for the fulfillment of his work on the earth. How is that? God is in him. Praise God. God is in us. Now watch this. And again, he realizes his life is not on earth, that he belongs essentially to another order, he is in what? God. Do you see that? So what does it mean here? God is in us. We have the power to live for Him. We are in God, which means this world is not our own. We belong to God. Here's the, here's the, here's the simple way of saying it. What he's saying is, by this we know, I belong to Him and He belongs to me. Yes. Well, how do you know that? He says, it, it, this is divine fellowship and complete and effective. And he said, how do we know I belong to him and he belongs to me? Because we hear people say it all the time. Oh, I know God is with me. How do you know God is with you? Well, the other day I was sick and I prayed to God and, and God healed me. So God is with me. Or somebody will say this. Oh, I know God is with me because my finances were a mess and now, and now my finances are better, so God is with me. Oh, I, I know God's with me because this and that, and they mention all kinds of things. If somebody was to ask you today, how do you know that you belong to Him and He belongs to you? What would your one direct answer be? 
Right here in the passage, it tells us. Look at this. In verse 13. Here's how we know. Because he has given. Now notice this. He has given what? Of his spirit. Now this is different than he has given us his spirit. Now don't miss this. We know in verse 24 of chapter 3 that he's given us his spirit. How do we get the spirit? We hear the gospel. We believe the gospel. We get the spirit of God. We have the spirit. We understand that. This verse is saying this. He has given us of his spirit. Now, now don't miss this. This is beautiful. He has given us out of his spirit or from his Holy Spirit. In other words, what he's talking about is that how do you know that you are his and, and he is yours? Because there are going to be manifestations of the Spirit of God in your life. There are going to be evidences of the Spirit of God in your life. He has given us of his Spirit. The Spirit, there's going to be some working that comes only from the Spirit of God. We would never be able to do it without the Spirit of God. This is amazing. So what he is saying is, you can know that he is yours and you are his. Why? Because there are workings of the Spirit of God in your life. Now, the question is, how do I look for these evidences of the Holy Spirit in my life? Because I, I, I know one thing I can't trust is my feelings. There's sometimes you sense the Spirit of God and you feel the Spirit of God. You feel, wow, I got the Spirit of God in my life and the Spirit of God is working and I, I sense the Spirit. There are times I wonder, where is the Spirit of God? Ever been there? Yeah. One pastor once told me he got into the Pope and he felt the Spirit of God left him. You ever feel that? We can't trust our feelings. Our feelings come and go. In fact, our feelings are subjective. Are you going to go up to somebody and say, Oh yeah, I know I'm his, and I know he's mine. Why? Because I feel it. They're going to say, Well, what does that mean? So, how do, I, how do I sense the evidence of the Spirit of God? How do I know? How do I look for evidences? Well, this is why this passage is amazing. He's going to mention three evidences. We could talk about all kinds of different ones, but he's going to mention three evidences right here in this passage of how we know that the Spirit of God is in us and how we know we have the Spirit and how we know we have evidences of the Spirit. What role does the Holy Spirit play in our lives? Well, watch this. Here's some questions here. Here's amazing. Here's the first one. Do you accept the truth about Jesus? Now watch, look what it says here. Verse 14. It says this. We have seen. Now that, that's amazing in, 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 in itself. The, the, the apostles have seen, they saw Jesus. I've never seen him. They saw Jesus. They saw the miracles of Jesus. They saw some of the things they were singing in the song. They saw, they saw deaf people. Now they could hear. They saw blind people. They could see. They saw people with, with a half an arm all of a sudden have an arm. They saw people who were dead be risen from the dead. They saw all kinds of things. This is objective. These are, 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 are verifiable facts, truth. People say, oh, you guys believe a fairy tale of the past here. You believe in some Jesus. No, this is truth. This is, these are facts here. When anyone tells me, oh, you don't believe, how can you believe in Jesus, whatever, you know, I say to them, look at the calendar. What year is it going to be? 2023? Why is it going to be 2023? What happened 2023, 2023 years ago? Who is this man? They saw him. 
And when they saw Jesus and they carefully looked at Jesus, look at this here, they, they could ha couldn't help but to share Jesus. And here's what they say in verse 14. We have seen him and we shared him. We, we talked about him. We testified. And here's what they saw about Jesus and what they know about Jesus. In verse 14, here it is. It's that the Father has sent the Son. There it is, the incarnation. The Father sent the Son. So he says here, we have seen and we testify that the Father has sent the Son. Did Jesus come to this earth? Yes, you better believe it. He came down here. Yet the incarnation is real. He is real. Now, look what they saw him. They saw him to be sent to be the Son, to be what? The Savior of the world. Now, now don't miss this. They saw that Jesus came. But they saw that Jesus came for a reason. And what is the reason? What does the world need? Does the world all need is love? Like the song? What does the world need? The world needs to be saved. You, you look at what happened at this club and it's amazing. And, and then you see focus on the family sign being vandalized. And they are being treated like they're the ones responsible for what happened at that club. What does the world need? The world needs to be saved. We miss this. Sometimes we think the world needs this change and that change and they need this and that. The world needs to be saved. Don't miss. And he, you know how many times Jesus is called the Savior? Take a guess in the Bible. How many times Jesus is called the Savior in the Bible? Take a hard guess. How many times do you think? Take a guess. Twice. John's the only one that uses that. Jesus, the Savior, he came to save. That is his mission. To save who? Look at it. The world. It's wide in its mission. It's not just a few Jew Jewish people that he came to save. Not just a few people in the church that he came to save. He came to save who? The world. Now, this is what I love. Somebody put it this way. Regardless of race, regardless of face, and regardless of place, Jesus came to save. Think about that. I like that. That's why I like watching the World Cup. Because I look at the World Cup and I get a little taste of heaven. Why? Because Messi won yesterday. Amen. That one amen here. You know what I mean? And Argentina's probably going to win, so that gives us a little taste. But to see all the different nationalities... Rooting for a soccer game, a dumb little game, a football game that they score like one goal and people are happy the whole game. You're watching Floyd and you can't even go to the bathroom during the game because there's no breaks. You got to sit there and watch the thing. You know, and you're sitting there and you're watching. But people, I mean, people with turbans on their head jumping up and down and people with this and that, all different nationalities just jumping. That's amazing. Heaven's going to be amazing. It's all the world he came to save. Does it mean the whole world is saved? Absolutely not. Look at this next verse. Verse 15. Whoever, and here it is, confesses that Jesus is the Son of God. What does it mean to confess? This is a decisive decision. We must put our trust alone in Jesus Christ. We must confess that He is the Lord. He is the Savior. He is the Son of God. 
We must confess that He is the only one to salvation. And we all have to come to a decision to put our trust in Him alone. This is a decisive decision to trust in Christ. This word confess doesn't mean to say, oh, I believe in Jesus. It means to put our trust in Jesus, to make a decision for Jesus. He says, whoever does that, guess what? God, God abides in Him, and He in who? In God. You say, well, I've done that. Well, let me just say this. You would have never done that if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit. You say, where's that in the Bible? Look at this verse. 1 Corinthians 12, 3. No one, no one, including you and me, can say that Jesus is Lord except by who? The Holy Spirit. Have you ever talked to that person they just don't get it? You share with them the truth of the Bible. You talk to them about Jesus. You're blue in the face. You mention it. And you say, wow, don't you, don't you just see it? Don't you get it? Don't you look at it? It says Jesus is Lord. He's the Son. He's the Savior. And they just look at you and they're like, no, I don't get it. Do you know why you got it? Not because you're some spiritual person who's smarter, who's better looking. You got it because the Spirit of God was working in your life and allowed you to see it. Thank you, Spirit. You want to know? You want to see the tumbleweed in your life? You want to see the evidence of the Holy Spirit? If you believe in the Jesus of the Bible, the Holy Spirit will lead you to sound doctrine. You will know who He is. You won't be confused by the word begotten. You won't be saying that Jesus had a beginning with Mary. You won't believe the heresies out there about Jesus Christ. You'll believe in the Jesus of the Bible because the Holy Spirit's at work in your life. He says he's given us of the Spirit, and the Spirit of God is going to allow us to grasp who the real Jesus Christ is. And if it wasn't for the Holy Spirit, we'd never do that. But look at the next thing. This is amazing. God abides in Him, and He in, in, in God. Now look at the next question. Do you know and understand the love which God has for you? Look what it says here. We have come to know and have what? Believe. Believed. Do you see what comes first, by the way? Knowledge, then belief. Some people just tell you, just believe. Who cares? You know, have keep the faith. Keep the faith. Keep the faith in what? We have to have some knowledge first. Knowledge of what? Knowledge of who Jesus is. Knowledge of the fact that God loves us. But look what he's saying here. We have come to know. We really know this. And we have come to believe it. We really grasp it. What? The fact that God loves us. Yes. He's not talking about the love that we have for God. He's talking about we grasp the very love that God has for us. How do we do that? Because of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And it comes from knowledge and it comes from faith and trusting in Him. But the Holy Spirit allows us to know God really loves us. i I never forget this. There was a young guy... Who um, he uh, he got disciplined from the church. He was in his twenties, and after he got disciplined from the church, he came back, and he wanted to be back and part of the church. And so we asked him, "Why did you want to come back to church? What made you come back to church and want to be part of the fellowship?" You know what he said? He said, "I heard a message on the love of God, and I understood how God loved me." And here I am now back in church and I want to live for God. Let me just tell you who does that. The Holy Spirit. 
We know that God loves us. We have no doubt that God loves us because of the Holy Spirit. We could talk about the cross. He loves us. We know that. Look at this verse here. It says here in Romans 5, 5, And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within what? Our hearts through who? The Holy Spirit who is given to us. There it is. And so what he's saying here is there's going to be some evidences in our lives and one of the evidences is that we're going to know that Jesus is the Son, the, the Savior of the world. We're going to know that God really loves us because God is love. But this is the real key. Look at this in verse 16. And the one who abides in love abides in God. You want to know how if the Holy Spirit's in your life, here's how. He takes selfish people like you and me. Self-centered people like you and me. People who would care less, would move away from everyone in the world and just go hide ourselves if we could. He takes, any amens on that one? We'd run away and just go hide ourselves if we could. Forget about the people. Just let me go out there. I'd rather hang around the deer and hang around the bears and hang around this. I don't want to hang around the people. He takes selfish people like us and he changes our hearts and he causes us to live for others. Yes. And let me tell you something. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. Look at what someone says here. This is amazing. He says, The living God within his people will always produce the characteristics of his life. Holiness and righteousness, mercy and love. Now watch this. When a believer experiences that inner constraint to love others unselfishly, whereas he might have feared, ignored, or rejected them, that is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work within. It is a real assurance of salvation. If you have this inner conviction, boy, I want to help others. I want to love others. I want to serve others. I want to be around others. I want to live for others. Guess what? That is the Holy Spirit. Because left to ourselves, we're all moving away and we want nothing to do with anybody. But praise God for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I get all these texts from my mother. Love you, love you, hearts, love you, love. My mother's this unbelievable loving person. I lived with my mother for years. This is the Holy Spirit working in our life. Yes. But let's go to the negative side of this for a moment. There's a flip side to this. Watch this. But we must not avoid the negative implications too. Where someone claims to be a Christian, but has no time for fellowship with others, criticizing the church and writing it off, practicing a what? A solitary devotion. Do we not have to ask whether the person is deluded or whether God really does live in him? Now that's a strong word there. Because here's what he's saying. There are so many people that say, I love God. I just can't love people. And let me just tell you something. If you love God and he is yours and, yours and you are his, guess what? He is going to put that inner desire inside of you to love others. And if that 
that is not there. Something is wrong. And so someone says, I want to have God, but I'm writing off all other believers. Something is wrong. And here's what he says. Are they deluded? Does God really love them? Is, are they, is God really in them? Because look what God does. This is beautiful. Where the life of God is at work, it sweetens bitterness. It melts hardness. And it multiplies love. I love that phrase. It, it sweetens bitterness. It melts the hardness, that hard heart, and it multiplies love for other people. Some of the most bitter people I've ever met are selfish people that just think about themselves and want to live for themselves, but then they get saved and the bitterness just goes away. That's the Holy Spirit. Or some of the hardest people you've ever met that want nothing to do with people, guess what? They get saved and God just melts that hardness. And some of the most unloving people You'll ever see, they get saved, and guess what? They start becoming loving. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. Amen. He says here, there's negative implications for those. Now let's go back to the passage here. Galatians 5.22 says this, The fruit of the Spirit is what? Love. See, we can't claim that we have the Spirit of God if we don't believe who Jesus really is. We can't claim we have the Spirit of God if we're not convinced of the love that He has for us. And we can't claim that we have the Spirit of God if we're not abiding in love for other people. Now watch this. How do the evidence of the Holy Spirit give you assurance? Are these in your life? I heard an amazing little story about a guy that invited a lady to church. He said, ma'am, you need to come to our church. God loves you. Jesus died for you. You need to come to our church. She just sat there. She wouldn't move. He said, ma'am, you need to come to our church. God loves you and Jesus died for you. You need to come. She just sat there and would not move. So he went up to her. He gave her a kiss on the cheek. Let's see if you guys want to do this, right? <laughs> Gave her a kiss on the cheek, picked her up, and brought her into the church. Now listen to this. She's in the church. She listens to the sermon. She gets saved. And here's what she said. There was a lot of people talking to me about the love of God, but you showed me the love of God. And she got saved. See, we can talk about the Holy Spirit all we want. But we need to show the world that the Holy Spirit lives in us. And how do we do that? By standing firm on the truth of who Jesus is. By being convinced that God does love us. Yes. And by abiding in love towards other people. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does. And if He's not doing that in your life, something is wrong. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, as we look into this passage, what a beautiful passage on the evidences of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, where would we be? None of us would be saved. None of us would know the truth and grasp the truth of your Son without the Holy Spirit. None of us would be convinced that you love us 
without the Holy Spirit. And none of us would be able to love one another without the Holy Spirit. So Lord, I pray that those evidences are in our lives. And God, I pray that if they're not, that we would do some soul searching right now. And say, Lord, I I want you to be mine. And I want me to live for you. But Lord, I don't, I don't see these evidences in my life. I struggle on who the Son is. I struggle with knowing that you truly love me. I, I struggle with loving others. So Lord, I ask you to help me. Because I want to have that mutual fellowship and abiding. That mutual relationship with you. So Lord, I pray that you would work in each heart here today and that God, that we would thank you for the gift of the Holy Spirit and that we would say, Lord, thank you that we can live for you now and we can do your will because we have the Holy Spirit inside of us. Thank you that you sent your son to be the savior of the world because that's what this world needs. And help them to see it in us. In Jesus' name, amen.